This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As winter approaches, many groups are working to provide housing for Chicago's homeless and the thousands of new arrivals coming into the city. And something else that people are working to provide are also meals and access to groceries. Now, residents of under-resourced Chicago neighborhoods struggle to find fresh produce and healthy options as their grocery stores are closing and expanding an already existing food desert. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to talk to a community leader who's running a pop-up grocery store in West Garfield Park after their local Save-A-Lot closed for renovations. But first, we'll talk about a nonprofit co-founded by the owner of a local restaurant providing meals to thousands of asylum seekers and to Chicago's unhoused. We're here now with Chef Faraz Sadharia, the owner of Indian and Pakistani restaurant Tandoor Char House and co-founder of Shy Care. That's a volunteer-based organization working to provide food and other necessities to those in need. Welcome, Faraz. Well, thank you. Thank you for having Good us. Good to see you, Chef. How is your work providing meals uh, to unhoused people in Chicago? How has it extended now to asylum seekers? Well, it started when uh, we read in the news um, about the Inn of Chicago and how there was meals that were uh, inadequate meals being provided. Uh, right then and there, our board uh, decided to jump right in and provide meals uh, to those that absolutely needed them. From yeah. that, we recognized the need was large. And at police stations, when we would go in there, there is there is no proper meals being served. And so. when you said the need was, I mean, were you running out? Yeah. Okay. I mean, lucky for us, we had three kitchens that we were able to utilize. Um, also serving on multiple boards like the Illinois Restaurant Association, our partnerships with restaurants and relationships really helped us drive the support. Uh, so when there, the, the need increased in October, we were capable of providing everything, every meal. Every How many every. meals would you say that you've been able to provide thus far? From July 1st to now, we've provided more than 470,000 meals. Wow. And, and what meals exactly are you providing? Well, we're providing What's lunch. What's on the plate? Yeah, we're providing lunches and dinners from local restaurants, such as Bagel Miller, Good Barbecue, Vani Patisserie, Josephine's, Robinson's, Tandoor Char House, oh, wow. Cafe Beyond Us, such beautiful uh, So you've options. got some options. Yeah. You're partnering with uh, other restaurant owners, as you mentioned, including uh, Carmen Rossi, who's owner of Hubbard Inn. Uh, that's a cocktail bar and restaurant in River North. Now, describe that partnership. What does it look like and, and how are you supporting each other exactly? Well, Carmen Rossi uh, has been a mentor of mine for a long time. Being a small business owner, he's been able to provide uh, insight in how to grow my business. Not only that, he was... Uh, he gave me some support during the pandemic to start a kitchen in River North for Thundur Char House. Mm -hmm. At that point, we've decided to donate that kitchen with his uh, support mm -hmm. um, to the River North Food Pantry, which we started, which has been a, the driving force of our backing uh, to be able to have a kitchen that's capable of providing 15,000 meals in a day. That, that's a lot of meals. Yeah. And you said just three kitchens? You're using I, three kitchens? I myself have three kitchens by by trade i'm a chef by trade yeah but we we utilize restaurants as well but in that river north food pantry we pro, we we are capable of providing a lot of meals yeah uh who else are you working with to make this happen many restaurants uh, uh mutual aid groups mm -hmm. we're working with anybody and everybody uh you know we're grateful to be able to collaborate with the greater chicago food depository and they've to support the city of chicago yeah. Yeah. Talk more about that. The role that you think local businesses and restaurants are playing in addressing issues around homelessness, especially, uh, you know, the city's existing unhoused population and asylum seekers who are arriving here by the busload still. 
So as Shycare started, our goal was to feed the unhoused population in encampments all over the city of Chicago. So we have a drive-to-you uh, approach where our fleet drives over to the encampments and provides not only warm meals from local restaurants, but also essential living items such as tents, sleeping bags, clothes, mm-hmm. shoes, backpacks, and propane tanks, heaters. Where there is a need, our goal is to provide. And our mission truly is to end hunger in the city of Chicago, recognizing that it cannot be done alone, partnering with such great organizations like the Greater Chicago Food Depository. We've been able to create this program to support local businesses Mm -hmm. and support those that absolutely need them, meals to those that absolutely need them. I'm trying to picture what the the day-to-day looks like when you're doing this kind of work. It's, it's strenuous for sure, but uh, it's, it's a beautiful feeling at the end of the day. Um, we, start our mornings, uh, we start our mornings planning for the next day. So what we do is we have local restaurants on call, uh, a schedule placed uh, in place, and we, we get the, the numbers from the city, the mm-hmm. info from the city daily of how many migrants are living in each police district in the city of Chicago. And then from there, we disperse those numbers between restaurants and try to formulate the meals, and then our team picks them up and drops them off. Yeah. yeah. What's when you when you think of um, you know getting the, that information from the city? I mean, is there a day that you can recall where it was sort of at its peak, and things might have been even more challenging to get arranged? As we are here for whatever, it's peaked uh, in October. Uh, building the team, building the list. As of in rest- last month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, building the team, building the restaurant program allowed us not to be overwhelmed, you know. Um, and it's it's a true testament to our leadership. Yeah. Uh, Shycare is here to provide support anywhere and everywhere in the city of Chicago. And, you know, Chef, I, th- I think some folks might be listening and they, they might be curious about how you can afford to provide that many meals in a day, right? And so you, you mentioned briefly the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Talk more about that. Yeah, the Greater Chicago Food Depository has been our biggest partner. They've they've truly inspired us to to learn the program and provide the support that we can, but they also allowed us to uh, learn capacity, right? So with their support, we've been able to recognize what we're capable of. And the program itself, they, they've invested in the growth of the program, mm-hmm. which has been a beautiful thing. That's interesting, capacity. I mean, you do have to know how much you can do. Right, and you right. You can't and, overextend. And it's so nice to be able to say, Oh, you need more? Absolutely. No problem. We're here. To be able to say yes yeah. must be a good yeah. a good feeling. It sure is. It's a blessing. So what do the uh, logistics, you know, in, in providing the meals look like? Then once you coordinate with these different groups. Yeah, we have, we have our, our fleet of drivers that drive to these local restaurants, pick them up, and then drop them off, as well as help serve wow. in the police department. Do you have goals to I- expand your reach? To the amount of people that you can feed? Is Abs- that possible? Absolutely. Our goal is to end hunger in the city of Chicago. Although there's a lot of economic challenges in certain parts of the city, we hope that partnering with restaurants, we can truly make an impact and to be able to reach as far as we can in the city of Chicago. What would you say has been the most challenging part so far? And and how did you work around it? You, there's a lot of challenges that come into play. Day to day, we stay active and uh, stay on agenda. And it's great to have uh, partners that give us their influence as well, such as the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Yeah. Do you think it's important for business owners to to make this kind of commitment? I abso- I absolutely uh, do. I absolutely do. I, I believe it's my social responsibility. The, the migrant crisis is ongoing. Yeah, and I believe it's my social responsibility to, you know, support this this pressing issue. Right. And Why? Because you could just very well 
well, when keep you walk things in, to your business. Yeah, right? well, when you walk into these police departments and you see children on sleeping on the floors with, you know, it's just it's very overwhelming. And having children of my own, yeah, it's 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 an experience. I would I would hope to just provide a warm meal so they could smile. Yeah. Well, how do you urge business owners who might be listening and other community stakeholders to step up and make that commitment? We're all in this together. And as a community of business owners, it's it's the right thing to do, as well as supporting those that absolutely need it. That one smile when you see a child having a great meal makes the biggest impact. And yeah. so I'm going to continue to push. So before I let you go, is there is there anything that someone can do on an individual level to, to help you out and help your group? Because we're approaching Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, I know there are listeners out there who are very interested in, in where and how they can help. I've, I've done uh, a number of conversations in recent weeks regarding the migrant crisis. And I get emails, you know, every couple of days. Hey, heard you talking about this. What can I do? How yeah. can I help? Who do I reach out to? Well, uh we're an all-volunteer-based organization. People are welcome to check out our website and social media. However, you know, next week is National Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week. We would love for volunteers to come out and partners to come meet us. We're going to be doing daily routes to encampments all over the city of Chicago as well as the police departments. So if anybody's willing to volunteer for us or contribute to the cause for meals to, lo- to support local restaurants, they can visit us at shy-care.org. Shy-care.org. That is Chef Faraz Sadharia who is owner of Indian and Pakistani restaurant Tandoor Char House and co-founder of ShyCare. That's a nonprofit organization working to get meals to Chicago's unhoused and asylum seekers. Thank you so much, Chef. Thank you for having us. I want to turn now to Angela Taylor, who's a wellness coordinator for Garfield Park Community Council and who is running a pop-up grocery store in West Garfield Park. Welcome back, Angela. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me back. So talk to me. Talk about why this this pop-up was started in the first place. Well, back in um, 2021, the Aldi's moved out of the West Garfield Park community, which would, left us in dire straits of a grocery store, especially in the main business corridor. The other grocery store that we have owned by Save-A-Lot is closed now due to renovation. We did a pop-up in the spring uh, just to respond to residents bringing in fresh uh, fruits and vegetables. We're collecting data in a hope to build a community grocery store for us, by us. Mm. But the Save-A-Lot closed a little early for their renovations, and it's during the holidays, so very close. And now the community does not have any grocery store at all. But they do have us at the Garfield Park pop-up grocery store at 4316 West Madison. We are there Monday through Thursday. Where is it? 4316 West Madison. We're there Monday through Thursday from 10 to 6 o'clock to serve the community. We're asking everybody to come out. We need feedback. We need to understand from the community what the community needs are, what they would like to see in a grocery store as we continue to organize and build strategies to actually bring a true grocery store to the community. So you mentioned already that this is not the first time that you have run a pop-up like this. I mean, so how long would you say that you've been doing this work, Angela? Well, we've been growing food because we were in the food desert. And we're about in the 12th year of that. 
That's why once the Aldi's closed, the Garfield Park Community Council was approached by other community leaders. What do we need to do? How do we organize? Because we had already taken a seat at the table to address food issues in our community. We are thinkers about commerce and economics in community. I love to be partnered with individuals that are addressing the other needs of those that don't have access or the ability to get it, yeah. like my partner here, Chef. Yeah, talk but more about these partnerships and, and I, why they're so important. Revenue. It costs money to be able to do a pop-up. We're a small non-for-profit in the Garfield Park community, and it's with the support of partners. Revenue from like Westside United. This pop-up that we're hosting now was made possible by the Blackhawks charitable foundation really so we're very happy that they came on board looked at our work and said it's worth it it gave us an opportunity we know we would need to do a pop-up near the holiday but this ads from the black house help us to step into the gap when the one store that we has is closed mm. so when, now when we you, can make it and then so the when end. you get this kind of help angela talk to me about what it looks like logistically then to what does it take to provide a grocery pop-up like this it's identifying a location it's moving equipment it's purchasing inventory all the things that it would take if we were actually going to build out a full service grocery store so i think we're training ourselves to be equipped and knowledgeable enough about building out a grocery store, or if... So there's big, an element of learning as you go, too. Oh, yes. That's what it's all about. Because it would be wonderful if a Walmart or a Jewess came to Garfield and said, I'll put my grocery store here. We still want to understand the language that they're talking to us to make sure that the community is going to get the best benefit of a partnership of that nature. Mm. What are you hearing from residents? Like, what, what do they're they say so about, happy. What do they say about shopping at, uh, at they're the They're so happy. Yeah. We're in day three. We just opened on Monday. And I know we saw 25 customers before I drove down this morning. I mean, what does that feel like for you? When, when, I mean, when the doors first open on day one, bring me back to that feeling. A level of pride of service for your community. And then to see that the community understands what you're trying to achieve and for them to come out and to support that effort. It's like we hear you, we know we need to do this for us. There's no one that's coming to save us. We need to save ourselves. So we got your back. That's mm. the feeling. The community support, it made me feel personally that I'm not in this fight alone. I am able to sit at tables and use my voice to others' ears based on what I'm hearing for the community, but to know that they're showing up, that makes me feel they got my back. So I'll continue to forge forward, continue to ask you all, please come out and see us at 4316 West Madison. We're there Monday through Thursday, 10 to 6 o'clock, and we will be there until December 21st. So come by and share. What kind of produce or, or groceries have you been able to, to, to gather that, that residents are looking for right now? Are there a couple examples of, of staples or items that people are just everyone's grabbing? My young people like the fruits and the vegetables. Really? Yes. That's good. Yeah, we had anticipated seeing that we're only open four days. We would maybe do an inventory once a week and bring in fresh produce. No, we're stopping. 
on our way back to pick up stuff because really? we're out of greens at the pop-up grocery store. So in three days to know that people are coming in shopping and buying the fruits and vegetables, they're also buying proteins. Uh, we are giving incentive for our customers yeah, that are using Yeah, talk to me about that. How, how much are they paying typically for these groceries? Like, uh, how do you determine shopping. your prices? They're, they're shopping. Well, we're using standard pricing and giving a little cut for community edge. Okay, we know what the medium income in our community is. So we're making sure that our shoppers are getting the greatest benefits. So our link customers do get the link incentive for using their link card. Mm, And with our partnerships with Rush, we have a line item that we were able to create an in-store voucher. So that if we have a customer coming in using another form of payment, cash, debit, they can still be incentivized to come and shop with us again because they'll get that little $10 voucher to say come back and buy some more. Mm. So how long do you plan to keep this pop-up going, Angela? I mean, you've been running it overall, you know, for a few years now. Well, I know that we will be popping up until the grocery store builds itself up. So I'm hoping to be back here again to continue to keep the community and the city abreast on what we're doing over in Garfield Park to address our food issues. Yeah. Speaking of food issues, I mean, have you wrapped your mind around the fact that this is where we are with with food access in this city, that you're having to do this? Yes. I'm wrapping. It's like you said, it's a learning experience because as a gardener did I think I would be organizing a community to build out a grocery store. No, I Probably didn't not. see it. Yeah. But when when it came a calling and it rolled up, we rolled with it because we are part of community. This is not just a their need. This is our need. I need it just like they do. I got kids, grandkids, and great-grandchildren. I want them to have a quality of well-being in their lives where they're able to walk to a grocery store and get what they need to feed their families. When are you expecting the Save-A-Lot to open again? Well, we're hoping that they will be open before the end of the year, but we are positioned to be in place for the community at least until the end of the year. And we're hoping and we're trusting and we're knowing that support is going to continue to come so we can continue to do this work. Anything happening on the corporation's end to keep providing access to groceries to the community at all? When you say corporations, you're talking about like grocery stores that are maybe donating a product to I'm the pop-up? talking about uh, or Yellow Banana specifically who to owns build, oh, uh, where They're at the table in conversation with us. And you'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, are you hoping to make this pop-up more of a permanent fixture? Until we get a grocery store. The pop-up is just what it says. It's a pop-up. It's not a full-service grocery store. We've done everything we could to possibly make it a great shopping experience. We have grab-and-grow food where you can come on your lunch if you're at one of the businesses and walking distance in the community and have something for your lunch, as well as come in and pick up items that you need to make a meal for your dinner as well as come in and do your grocery shopping. But we don't have the space to provide the option of five different types of salt or five different types of black pepper or 
Yeah. 25 different meats, but we do have those staple items that we do know that the community has informed us that they will be wanting to shop and buy so that we can fill the gap at this time. As this story is created and developed, we hope to have all the things, the five different types of salt and the five different types of pepper Mm. and have a hot bar where people can come and get a hot meal. It's going to be wonderful because the vision is going to be true because we're going to work as a community to make it a reality. So take my last 20 seconds here before you go, Angela, and and tell us, is there anything that listeners at home can do to to help provide more access to, to groceries to other Chicagoans across the city? Please, I don't care what community you live in. We're laying a template for all community, for us, by us. Please come shop our store, share with us what you think we're missing, what we should be adding. So when the real time comes, we'll be equipped and ready to build. Thank you. Angela Taylor is a wellness coordinator for Garfield Park Community Council. That's a community development and building organization on the west side. Thank you so much. Thank you again.